Welcome everyone. Welcome. It's Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the Sweet Dash Q&A webinar. This is Mike. I'll be your host today. Hope you're all doing well. All right, let's start off with having everyone please jump into the chat and let me know that you can hear my voice. The chat is how you'll be asking your questions and interacting with me today. Hello, Taja. How are you? And now let us know where you're from so we can get an idea of that and maybe the niche that you're involved in, your organization, so maybe that can guide our discussion. Hi, uh, Kelly. Hi, Juan. Hey, Juan's here. Juan, did you watch the USA-Mexico match? Hello, Aero, or Aero, I don't know what I call it. How about Rogers from Bermuda? Or Aero, that sounds a little cooler. Aero, Ashley, okay, from Bermuda. Beautiful Bermuda. And loud and clear from Perth, Western Australia. Very nice. Yes, Juan Linez is quite a player. Quite a player. That was just a fun game, fun match to watch for sure. Everything about it was awesome. Both teams deserved to win, but yeah, quite enjoyable. And South Africa and Australia, we have three or four continents already today. Very good. West Palm Beach, Luis. Hi, Taja. And wow, Bermuda. I haven't been there, Taja. Um, from where I live, it's about a three-day sail uh, directly east. Um, but I'm not sure it's as easy as it used to be to get in, to get accepted in, into uh, customs. But yeah, I've heard so many great things about it, and uh, seems like something for sure worth... Of course, of course, we're checking out. But I think maybe a hidden gem from a lot of people. All right, well, hopefully we can help you out, Taja, and uh, make things easier, make your life easier let you get to, to the beach a little bit more. All right, everyone, uh, so let's go ahead and start off. If you haven't already uh, created a free trial, I just encourage you to do that. There's no credit card. We don't have um, thumb breakers that come and look for your for money. It's a f completely free, completely risk-free way to check out the full version of the software. Uh, as you're getting acquainted, the documentation is your best place to start help.sweet-.com. Type your question in here and the uh, search is contextual, so it re return a document or a an article that is most likely to help you. I think you'll find it quite useful. If you're more of a visual learner, let's go to academy.sweet-.com and that's where all the videos that have been created and that are current are housed here and the YouTube channel, but here they're a little more organized and they'll provide you with a way to work through series, etc. And the community, which is now open to everyone. Now this is a different login than your SweetDash login. This is for security reasons. So as you land on community.sweetdash.com for the first time, you'll just need to set up an account, which will require a new password. But here is where you can interact with your fellow SweetMates. We have uh, different groups that can consist of niches that you can join and have discussions based on your niche and just it's a in general it's become a really really valuable place for us all to interact the team is is active there i'm active there so this goes with our uh, commitment to be a community driven uh, software and and our development is absolutely guided by the uh, suggestions and uh, feedback from the community. And then there's an, a new resource that if you go to vote.sweetdash.com, 
you'll find a feature request. Yep, right here, feature request portal, I guess you could call it, but it's basically, this is a third-party software that we're using to organize this, but it'll allow you to submit new feature ideas and vote up other ideas so that we can see what the community is supporting. And um, I can say that out of these top 10, maybe, almost all of them are either in our short, medium-term plans or in active development. So this is something that we certainly pay attention to. All right, so let's go ahead and get started today. Let's talk about the webinar. So what is the Sweet Dash webinar? Um, essentially, let me just go ahead and log out here so we can just talk about it. So essentially, our webinar is not maybe a typical webinar where you can get a step-by-step walkthrough of the software. That would be impossible. It's much too big for that. Um, what we can do and what we are here for is to let you have a place where you can come every week and ask your questions, ha ask your, uh, if you have challenges, let's talk about those. If you want to discuss an idea that you have, we can, we can do that. And so we do our best to get you over concept conceptual hurdle hurdles, get you, a, uh, get you familiar with the software, what it's capable of, let you ask specific questions and get feedback. And what we have been doing is posting these on YouTube. And that provides also a way for those who are not able to make it for whatever reason. At the, in this time frame, it provides them the ability to hear the answers to your questions and therefore uh, give more value, value to the community in general. So with that, uh, all that introduction out of the way, let's go ahead and open up the floor for questions. Um, while we're doing that, I think I want to take, take a stab at uh, just introducing a concept that maybe is not so obvious. So let's talk about, let's go here to, this is one of our uh, sort of demo businesses, pseudo businesses that we create a demo environment around, accomplished CPAs. Don't call them for accounting services. They're not really accountants. Okay. <laughs> so here, let's talk about the Springfield Airways business, who is the primary contact is Wayland Smithers. And let's just say I'm the CPA here in Bentley and I need to organize a way for these this client to upload uh, their statements bank statements to me uh, so what what I could do is do something like a file request or let's go let's go here into files I could uh, now that I'm in client the clients files there are private files they're shared with client this is where I'm where's where I might uh, put their tax returns or something like that submitted by clients by client, this is all the uh, any submissions from forms, flows, projects, etc. And then you have this client files. These are files uploaded by the client. So let's look on the client side and see what the client sees. So this is Wayland Smithers. He's logged in. He clicks files. He sees the shared with me folder, and this is from the very beginning. This is before nothing is added. He could go in here and see anything that's shared with him, but also here he can upload files. But there's no structure here, right? So what we could do is we could build a structure for him. All right, so let's just say that Waylon has two corporations that we are doing the books for, and I wanna just do it like this. So I'm gonna create a new folder, and I'm gonna call this, say, Springfield Airways Inc. Okay, so that's one of his corporations, and then say he has another corporation called 
Dell Holding Company, LC. Because, of course, every big corporation has some holding company for tax purposes. All right. And so then inside these, let's go inside these now and start to look at how I could do this. So what if I had the idea to create a new folder and I say, okay, in this folder, you're going to upload the Bank of America checking account that ends in 5584. Right. Let's hit enter. And then just go in that same um idea we can continue and take all the accounts that i need him to upload statements for i can go one step at a time and just build an entire structure around these are the accounts that i need statements for let's say and credit card accounts and everything everything that you need right as the accountant because Everybody's been through this, right? Where your accountant's like, you got to give me these statements, those statements, the other statements. And it's kind of hard to keep track of which ones do I need to upload and then I, which ones have I already uploaded. So now I've created this structure for this client. Shell Holding Company, Springfield Airways. Now let's go to the client side and refresh. And on the client side, now when he logs in and he goes to the files area, he'll see here are his two corporations right and so now he just needs to go into say Springfield Airways and now he sees Bank of America checking 5584 etc he goes in there and now he knows okay now I need to upload June May April March all these directly in this folder and each time they upload one of these you'll get a, as an admin you'll get a notification so very easily you could build for each client a Instead of a list every month or some kind of um, other kind of organization email me these these uh, statements, you could easily build this structure that prompt not only uh, gives them a perfectly organized way for them to organ to upload, it gives you a perfectly organized way to see everything that's uploaded and retrieve it and work on it. In fact, you could just use the PDF preview. You wouldn't even need to uh, download it. Everything stays organized. The prompts are there. Okay, he knows that he needs to upload for 5584, 8883, 4453. And until he works through and these are all uploaded, he's not complete. So it becomes a really nice way to keep things organized, to prompt for exactly what you need, and to get the result that everybody's after, which is passing these statements as a, to your CPA in an organized way, knowing what you've uploaded. And then it becomes a repository for these things. Uh, into the future. So do we have any CPA accountants here that would that have some feedback on something like that, how it might work? And okay, Marius, so seems like it could be, I mean, it's, it's a, I wouldn't call it a workaround or a hack. It's just a strategy. Um, and it, it can't, you can't build something like this generically for each one of your clients because it's so unique, but you might be able to do something like, uh, in clients' files, you could say I didn't start with these two structures. I start with, started with uh, upload statements here, right? And then they know, they click in here, and then in here you start building their corporations. Uh, and then inside of those, you build the accounts, and then inside of those is where they upload. What do you think, Marius? Something that maybe could be helpful? Yeah, we have we have accountants that use this strategy quite a bit, and it's something that we've encouraged 
but it's not something that we can really build into the software and say, well, here, it's already built for you because, of course, each client's uh, structure is, is different. And you may even have uh, situations where you have the two um, corporations, but then you would need to put something like uh, Smithers Personal Federal or your personal taxes or something like this, right? So you'll be doing their their corporation taxes, but also you'll do their personal returns as well, because many of that most a lot of the tax liability ends up there anyway. So, uh, yeah, just something to show. Then I think it's it's a strategy that maybe is not so obvious right from the beginning, but it's something I've been thinking about making a video about. But it's a little bit too small for a video, so thought maybe here in the webinar would be a good place to to just demo this this idea. All right, good. All right, Marius, maybe you can use that. Maybe somebody will see this on YouTube and be helpful. All right, outside of that, what questions do we have um, to throw into the group? And we can start trying to look at helping you get those answers that you're after. I hope somebody has a question. Okay. Uh, Jim Fisher says, hi, Jim. Uh, would some of those uploads be better placed in the project, i.e. tax returns? Now, you, you know what? Actually, I did think about that same thing, Jim, and you could do that. So let's just say if we go to projects, maybe this is not, let's see if I have a project here. No, let's go to, uh, you could do the same thing, Jim. You could really do the same thing inside the project. If you're running your clients in a project, which is a smart way to do things, uh, especially if you're, you could be an ongoing project for 10 years in, with a client because you get a little bit of the organization, you get the structure of a project, you can go in files and um, go into public files, say for example, files uploaded by the client is housed here, and you can create those sa that same folder structure here, and they could upload there. And then you could do something like set now this is a newer feature and maybe everyone here is not aware of this one but where is it yes here set the project dashboard as the start page for the following clients and secondary clients so this project is assigned to uh, runaway dog leads so what we can do is set this project dashboard as the dashboard for this client or the start page excuse me and when they log in and won't let me because he already has a start page. But uh, if this is a newer client, this is a strategy that you are that you are pursuing, then you wouldn't have another start page because that's not part of your strategy. You would set this as the as the start page, and every time your client logs in, they'll go directly to the dashboard of the project. And if you are indeed using the project as kind of a um, container for your work with this client, that seems like an ideal solution. And therefore. They won't have to navigate to projects. They'll end up directly on that dashboard, and then files is just a tab, uh, one click away. They can start their uploading. What do you think, Jim? Good strategy. I mean, I think it can work in inside project as well. So something to consider, depending on how you work. Project gives you a little bit more. Well, I won't say a little bit more, but it's it's structured in a way that's a little bit more contained and um, allows you to only add people into the project that are that you want to add and only those people will see yeah yeah that's right Jim so 
the other alternative might be that if you didn't want to work in projects, you could use what we call, or you could create a custom dashboard using a start page, something like this, Jim. Okay. So this is a portal page that's been designed with our um, content block editor. And let me turn the chat on because I don't want to make sure everybody can see everybody's comments. Uh, designed with the content block editor and a whole lot of dynamic uh, content here. So Jim, this is a dynamic image placeholder. This is all dynamic. This is dynamic company name. This is dynamic the circle. Uh, these values are provided by custom fields, which are dynamic. Meaning if another client logged in and was redirected and was uh, configured to go to this dashboard, if their document needs were at 75%, meaning they're almost complete, this would show 75% for that document, for that uh, client. And that's a, a custom field that you can set the value of. So uh, you could do this here and then use something like access your files or upload your files and link to a, a very similar file structure. Um, link to, well, not, it's the exact same file structure. You could link directly to it and provide those same, here's like in files here. Uh, they would just go directly here and see their structure and then um, then they could go back to the dashboard which would be here which I yeah good this is a good example because it's set up exactly the same if they go back to the dashboard it's gonna be the same dashboard that you just saw for that other client so you'll see there's a good example right so this dash it's the same portal page that you're seeing here but a different client is logged in so that when this client's logged in, it returns all these values for this client. Welcome, Josie. But when this other client is logged in, welcome, Waylon. Here's his name. Here's his profile image. Here's his company. Here's he's seventy-five percent way of his of the way through his document needs, etc. Okay. And all these are powered by dynamic values that uh, can be in can be unique per client. So that's, that's, that would be the other strategy for creating a uh, funnel or workflow that was not based around projects. And projects would be kind of a, another alternative. Okay, let's go to Marius. How are you, Marius? What about creating a file structure for instance 2021 tax returns when we have over 2,000 clients that can be automated? Okay, I was just about to get there, Marius, and what I was saying when I was, when I was building this this concept to just display, just illustrate um, building this for Waylon, because their corporation names are unique, you can't use what we call folder profiles, okay? Uh, but what you're asking about, I think you're, you are definitely, you want to find out how to use folder profiles. And the way this works is, you'll go to files, and you're in the admin now, and you're gonna click folder profiles, and here, the, each one of these you create is a folder profile, which means it can, what's inside this folder can be applied to, in your case, 2,000 clients. Okay, so we'll look at standard tax prep, say for example. Now inside this folder profile, you're going to see the, the folders that are, that are inside each client's profile or their folder profiles. Uh, so you can organize, even you can create a structure inside each one of these folders but typically most people would go or you could go here and you could say upload bank statements that's generic right you could say bank statements you could create uh, credit card statements 
uh, and whatever that you need and you can create structure inside of this you could uh, go to shared with client and have quarterly statements tax returns these can all be folders that get set up automatically right and so once you have the folder profile I hope I'm explaining this well once you have a folder profile set up all those folders and you can even put files inside them now it's called standard tax prep right when you go let's go to another tab so we don't lose that when you go to create a new contact either manually or by automation you'll always have the option to apply a folder profile so let's go down here let's make sure we set client as the uh, role that's gonna be the difference and then folder profile will be right here and we can say standard tax prep right and then when I create this client um, I'm doing it manually here or it can be by an automation what I mean is uh, using an intake form you can set up the intake form so that every person that completes the form that's embedded on your website for example will have the this folder profile X or Y assigned to them so when this pro when this contact gets created they will all the folders and files that are associated inside this folder profile will be zipped out instantly in that moment into their account and yes if you have 2,000 count clients that are in the system already you can create a folder profile and then uh, apply it to those 2,000 all at once even if you wanted yes you can do it afterwards as long as there are not collisions uh, logical collisions with uh, existing structure yes so what I mean is things like uh, folders of the same name will cause a problem or um, and also it's important to understand Marius that when you apply a folder profile it's just one time and then afterwards each client it doesn't sync for example what I mean is if you applied this to 2,000 people and then you go in here and you say oh no no I, I forgot I want to add another folder and you add it here it doesn't go and add it to all 2,000 people that were that this was applied to at that at that previous time this happens one time and then it's and then each client goes in their own direction they're forked and they will anything you put in that clients file or create in that clients files uh, or folders all stays unique to that client of course because you, you don't want any kind of uh, crossover between those files or folders so this is a strategy that you really want to use and we do have some ideas and some thoughts in some um, feedback that from customers that want to have some kind of force overwrite or force push or sync even right they want to have a folder a sync would be something like a shared folder but let me read this comment and then we'll I'll continue so that's the problem you're having is that the folder is the same name 2021 taxis and then all files can be viewed by all clients no no if you use a shared folder that would be the case but in this case if you created um, let's go here and and kind of do it with you uh, so this is we only have one profile type at the moment 2021 um, tax season right so you want to just create this one and you're starting this from scratch and you build inside this one 2021 tax season then you should be able to apply that to your existing clients and it will create this folder inside but again uh, just a, as a word of 
caution, make sure that you get this exactly like you want it before you apply it to all 2000, because after that, you're not going to be able to go back in and, and change that once there's, once it's, once it does that action. Am I making sense? I think that should help. Can you show how to apply all? Let me see if I can. Yes. Jim, good for you too. I'm not sure that I've had this, uh, I've gone through this logical here, so bulk edit. I do not think we can do it there. Uh, one way you could do it, let me think. Let me come back to that. Let me come back to that. I'm, I'm going to let that sink in for a minute, Marius. I'd, I'm almost certain there's a way, but I'm right now it's not hitting me perfectly about how to do that. To bulk apply folder profiles to existing clients. Interesting. Okay. But yes, I've seen the need. Um, I'm going to make a little note here. Give me one sec. Okay, good. Noelle's telling me she's got a note. Okay. Would you be able to bulk apply a file in a folder profile? A profile folder? Mm, not an individual file, Hilton. So we only have methods to apply the entire folder profile. And once it's applied, there's not a way to merge them or, or overwrite them. No, no, create a shared folder. Okay, I'm, I'm a little lost now. I'm not sure what you mean now, Marius. Let me go back and see if there's something I can get to. Let's see. All right, Juan. Juan has a question. Make sure I'm caught up. Okay, good. All right, let's let's get to Juan, and then I'll come back to you, Marius, and see what else what what you've written there. Uh. In the dashboard, are the percentage automatically updated every time they upload a document, or you actually have to upload the custom field number? Well, there's no, we don't have a way, we don't have a mechanism. Depends, Juan, depends. So we, we, we don't, we only have a mechanism like flows that would allow you to uh, change the custom field on each upload. So let's just say you had. Um, let's go to flows and, and I'll show you how that one way that can be done. So you would need a mechanism to understand, okay, if they upload this file, that means that they're 25% of the way this file, that means they're 50. So we wouldn't have any idea of any way to know what the percentage complete is unless you create a mechanism that defines that for us. Okay. So what you can do is create an on-demand flow and you can create Let's say let's use four file uploads as our um, and and twenty five percent each as our example. So we could say let's up add a new flow, flow step for file upload, and we're going to call this one uh, file upload number one. And you're going to choose which folder you want to upload it in, and you can even edit content and say uh, this is for X or Y or whatever, and explain what this file is for, and create your content here. Using, you, know, you can make this really nice, insert pictures. You can really build a nice, very nice flow, okay? Um, and then for this flow step, uh, 
let's see, we want to add a new flow step here for file upload. And then we want to uh, say this file upload number two, okay? And so on. So, but what we want to do here is now for flow step number one, we're going to configure actions and we're going to change, whoops, excuse me, in here, we're going to change the value of a custom field, set custom field value. We're going to find that custom field value that we'll say, I'm not in the same account now, but we'll call it overall progress. Here we go. Perfect. And we can set, um, 25% because we know that they've passed step one of the flow, right? So I'm gonna save this. And then when they upload this file in step one, it's going to change the value of that to 25%, which means the next time they log in uh, and you have it configured, it'll be 25%. Then same thing um, for step number two. Let's add another file. And here's step number two, we can set this to 50% by configuring the actions. Go here, change the value of the custom field, select which custom field, overall progress, and this one we're gonna call 50%, and so on. Right, and so you'll have four steps. The last step in a flow never has actions associated with it because uh, we just you can use the flow completion as a whole set of actions to cover that last step. And so in this last step, flow complete actions, you'll know that it's 100%. And so this one you can, uh, of course you'll do one more step for 75. This one will be 100. And so as they work themselves through that flow, or just to be clear, any other progression of uh, steps that they take that you define, you can use anywhere that you find the trigger actions widget, you can change the uh, value of that custom field so that next time they log in they'll be presented with their statistics based on how far they are through the funnel or your funnel that you designed if that's four steps of file uploads then that's pretty clear if it's okay first step is to uh, complete flow one and then you have another flow that's coming later and in all those cases you would really custom design that experience and and also those percentages Okay, let's go down. Okay. All right, Luis, let me come back to this one real quick. That's a good question. Let's see. Okay, Juan, good. Yeah, maybe that'll work for you. That's really what the design is at this point to provide you with these progress bars. This is a circular arc progress. We also have a, a horizontal progress that looks more like this. You can set up uh, another types of char charts that would be, uh, of course, a little bit more involved with data, but it's designed to be powered by that custom field value. And then you can uh, create wh however many progresses you would like with a, each one with their own custom field value, and then change that value in any, either do it manually, you can do it ma manually, that's no fun. But more, more fun is doing it by automation in the way that I just showed you. Anywhere that trigger action widget is, you can, when that step is complete, you can trigger the action of changing that percentage value or that number value, and that then their dashboard will reflect that instantly from that moment. Okay. All right, let's go to Luis. All right, Luis.
Uh, project profile or template gets applied with a circle. How best to create this scenario after the client gets a circle applied? How to assign a project that contains three phases at time of purchase or at a later time? So service A would be phase one, phase two, and phase three. Okay. Okay. Uh, so let me explain. I think I know. I know where you're going here, Luis. All right. So. What, what Luis wants is to be able to add, let's just clarify and then we'll, we'll move forward. So you were thinking, Luis, that you would want to be able to, for a contact, let's just go into a dashboard here and find somebody that we can work with, that you would want to be able to add a circle. Let's say it add to circle um, onboarding for movie consulting. Okay, that, we'll just use that. And then as a result of adding them to this circle, you would like to uh, generate a project that contains phases and tasks. Is that first, am I assessing your question correctly? I hope so. All right, so I'm gonna move forward with, yes, they are all pre-filter template. Yes, Luis. So, that is exactly what you're describing is exactly what a pro project profile combined with a project template will do. Okay. But what we don't do is we don't trigger them on, we don't have the ability to trigger those things based on the addition to a circle. Okay. And mostly because of the logical implications that that would imply. Okay. A circle is really mostly designed to uh, grant permission or take away permission to things like portal pages, um, shared folders is to show hide menu items, uh, set start pages. That's really, and that's really, really a big functionality, but also, and I'll explain, and this will make a lot of sense, right? So if we go to, um, let me go to where we were before, I'll go here because I know I can get to the trigger action widget. So anywhere trigger actions are possible to set up here, you have the ability to add and remove to circles, okay? So adding and removing to circles can be done here. Add to circle, remove from circles right here. But you can also apply a project profile, okay? So this is where the logical issues come in. So if I had the if I had set up that when I added someone to a circle, it would create a project profile, but I also had the ability here in the same action to trigger project profile, then we would run into collisions of logic that could conceivably could make an issue. So my, my recommendation would be to create a template, an actions template, okay? So you see here where we have actions template, apply existing action template. There's not one here, but we can make one out of what we have here. So when you're creating some set of actions, you can save and create a template. So what if you said, in your case, your example, you wanted to, all right, I want to add them to a circle. And this will control um, paid traffic clients, say for example. This will control their visibility of shared folders, their start page, this will set all those things up. But I also want to now apply a project profile. 
that I'm not finding one here. Of course, bad example. I'm in the wrong account. But let's say you're going to set one here. So now you've added to the circle. You've set up a project profile. And let's just say, just for good measure, you also want to add them to an email marketing list that covers, oh, oh sorry, here, that covers their particular niche. And this is how you want to message to them in this moment. So here's these three items. And I'm going to delete this one because it'll validate if I, because it doesn't have one. But let's say you have those three items and I want to save and create template. And we're going to call this um, paid traffic uh, starting template. So you just get off the phone uh, and you are, you've gotten the confirmation from your client. You've gotten the deposit. Everything is set. And now, so you've had, you have the template. And if I save that correctly, then we can go back here. Uh, let me refresh just to make sure it will show correctly. And let's say this person is your client. You just got off the phone, they've paid the deposit, you're ready to go with this, and you say trigger actions template right here. And now you can combine all these actions that you configured in some other place. And it could be, look, eight or, eight or nine of them, right? Eight or nine different things that all happen all at once. When you get off the phone or you get that confirmation, boom, trigger. Now he's added to the circle. He's added to the email marketing list. He's added to the, the project gets generated along with the template that you have. Everything done all at once. Uh, so yeah, configure. think of it in the terms of what if you ran like a uh, wedding venue, right? And they called and they said, and you show them, okay, I want, here's the, uh, the, rainbow palace and over here is the outdoor garden and there you showed them all these different places that were very nice they call you we've decided on the outdoor garden okay great well in one one go instead of just adding to a circle you can create an actions template and you can say all right they decided on rainbow garden whatever this is and this is your six different actions that you're you're moving them all at once and with three clicks into this entire different experience a complete unique messaging for that particular uh, resource. They get access to the portal page that has all the details. They get access to, um, you know, an update for page that has an update form where you ask more questions and, you know, they get sent some email marketing, which is, oh, great choice on the outdoor garden. Here's some things you might want to consider. So that's just an example, but uh, these, tri these trigger action templates are really, really powerful in the sense that you want to combine some of the things that we offer into one canned set of actions that you can trigger manually at any time. And also, just to kind of stack one more layer to make sure it's clear, as you're building something, if you want to... Yeah, Hilton, has, so if, if you want to... I'll get to that. If you want to uh, configure actions, and it's the same set of actions every time that you... Um, arrive here and say you for an invoice right you want to say you're creating an invoice and you create a set of actions that you want to trigger after that invoice and it's three or four different things once you create the template then you don't have to do this little dance down here anymore then you just go to template select it it preloads all those things and then you just save and that's it uh, the way that you create a new template Hilton is that I'm gonna not apply this You'll create a set of actions. Let's just do this one. I'll just do a couple here just for demonstration. 
We're going to change the coordinator, say, to Ronald. Okay, now, and see where it says Save and Create Template, Hilton? You, this is going to be your template. You're going to Save and Create Template. You're going to set the name right here, and you're going to click Save, or Save and Create, either one of these. And then the name will show up. That will be here. It'll be set up. Make sense? Thanks. Awesome. Okay, you're welcome. All right. So now the trigger action templates are the answer to not everything, but specific situations. They certainly provide a way for you to avoid replicating that point and click, point and click. And if you spend the time to set, just like with all automations, if you spend the time to think through what you really want to build out that uh, automation and create it, then it's really, really can save you a ton of time. Uh, another thing to just point out is as you're configuring it, you're, you can load a template and then you can edit it afterwards. Okay, so let's just say that there's a small variance in the in the client that you're dealing with at this point. You load the template, which is loaded already. Now you can just change. You can make it a quick change. You're not changing the template unless you click here. The template will re remain the same, but you can make some changes here and then click save. And then you just in this case you just use the template as a starting point, and you've added and adjusted based on the different variants of that particular client. Uh, but if it's exactly what you, and then maybe you say, oh, you know what? Actually, this is better than the original template. I want to save and update this one. I want to make it better. Now I'm going to click this button, and now I'll save this configure actions, and I will update the template so that next time it will reflect my changes here. So this is how that's done. Okay. What other questions do we have, guys? Nice. Yes. Nice. Perfect. Thanks. I love it. Very clear. <laughs> this is what we want to see, Noel. We like it. All right, let's go back. Okay, Juan. Some of my documents expire, like insurances, and I would like to send reminders, either internal reminders or external, to renew these documents. Is there any way to do this? Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's nothing based around the actual document, for example. So I, I want to be clear what I mean is in files, let's just say you go, your, your documents are stored in our cloud storage or file storage. Um, there's nothing associated with this file, for example, that I could say this file expired, this document expires on a certain date. I need to send a reminder to update. The only thing I could think of, Juan, is a little bit of a workaround, is that you could create campaigns, an email campaign. Now, are these documents, is it is it dynamic for each client? It expires in different dates, like after 12 months from a specific date, or do they expire on the same date for, for I'm, I'm guessing they're dynamic based on client. Yep. Well, in that case, you could use the an autoresponder functionality to do this. Okay. So let's just say you create a new list and you call this list expires 
after 12 months. Okay. And then in this list, you're going to create an autoresponder here. Click autoresponder and you're going to create some follow-up emails that are triggered a certain number of days or months after the name is added. So let's just call this 11 months. I'm going to say one month left. We're going to call this one. And of course, I'm doing everything with time as a, um, a thought, so I'm not going to build it out perfectly, but 11 months. And we can say here exactly what you think we would say. 11 months have gone by. You have one month left to renew. All right, and let's click Save. All right, so if we had this set up, Juan, and in trigger actions, for example, when you started them, when you uh, first wrote that, that policy, you maybe used one of the trigger action templates that I just described, or some action associated with the payment of the invoice, that would be a good place, right? As soon as they paid the invoice, you could, um, as part of the trigger actions of the payment of that invoice, add them to this email marketing list. Uh, the email marketing list that says expires in 12 months expires after 12 months and as soon as they're added to that list then this autoresponder is going to start counting for that individual client and each individual client has their own timeline so let's say I was added to the list on, on January 1st well on November 1st 11 months later I'm gonna receive this email it's gonna say you have one month left and then you can create as many of these as you like you can create six different reminders that lead up perfectly to that expiration date. Uh, so you could even select um, days here and do 360. So now you're five days before the due date. And you could use this same concept and customize based on expiration periods, 12 months, 18 months, six months, whatever whatever uh, is in your uh, in your use case. So marketing this marketing toolkit is not always about marketing. Yeah, it's all it's it's about messaging, right? It's a little bit more about how can I use this really cool feature to uh, adapt to what I need. Cool, Marius. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you can use it, but only because you came to the webinar and only because you asked nicely. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can use that. You can. Um, we, I think it was in the last webinar, or maybe two weeks ago, uh, we discussed another really unique case for using autoresponders uh, to, to solve an issue. I can't remember the exact use case, but it was certainly not traditional marketing. We used it as reminders or something like that. Yeah, I remember now. Actually, it was a set, a set of reminders. And, and then remember, say... Um, <laughs> yeah, so let's keep in mind, Marius, right? So once you, uh, if you are using it as a reminder system for a specific action, what you can then do is when they take that action, whatever action you're trying to remind them of, you can then, ah, can't get to a place where the, I'll go here. I'll just get back to the trigger action widget to to explain. But once they 
they execute that action that you're trying to remind them of, you can remove them from a lit, the list, the tw 12 months list. And then maybe you would like to add them to another list, but the ma thing, main thing is if you're trying to use the autoresponders as a reminder to execute some action, when they, when they complete that action, you want to remove them from that reminder list and maybe put them on a different reminder list. Okay, well now that that's done, you can um, make sure that you don't forget to do this next thing. Keep and, and two days later, hey, looks like it's not done because we, we haven't triggered that action yet. And then they say, okay, I'll do it. They log in, they, they perform that action, and you use this, act, this action widget to take them off that second reminder list and put them on a third reminder list so that you're constantly moving them from one messaging to a um, messaging channel to another, reminders channel to the next, and you're moving them along and you're pr providing those those messages on a timely basis. And this widget allows you to uh, move them from the list to list to list based on their actions. Or if it's a manual action, you can do that very easily um, from inside the platform. But of course, again, we want to, manual actions are no fun. We want to build automations that will give you more time at the beach or snorkeling on the reef in Bermuda which is really where I would like to be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go back and make sure that we are covering everyone's. Jim, KBA signatures. I believe that is... Um, KBA is industry for industry jargon for validations of authentication of ident identification. Is that right, Jim? If I am remembering correctly, this is where this is where they're we're asking them. You lived on this street uh, from 1980 to 1989, and can you identify the street from a multiple choice? Yes. So no, the answer is no. Now, uh, Jim, we don't have that. That's that's sort of the top top level of uh, authentication of a client. Now it's not so difficult to implement because there's third-party libraries out there that and services that have APIs that allow that uh, you know for a pretty nominal fee so it's not something that we're against with the volume of requests for that is is fairly low at this point so Jim I would say uh, go to vote.sweetdash.com here and maybe do a quick search to make sure that it's not already requested but then just just uh, enter that, enter that idea here, and we'll 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 listen, listen for the volume, yeah. And as it becomes higher and higher, that's the community-driven signals that we're looking for, and then we'll definitely start to look at. But we certainly have the framework, the infrastructure to uh, put that in place, and we're working more toward more and more in the signature pathway so yes that, one day I do I do foresee that we will cross that line into that that territory coming soon is you were we're working now even actively to implement the ability for e-signing of PDFs so PDFs that you already have generated you would be able to upload them drag signature boxes over top just as you would do with DocuSign for example and send those away for signature 
and it would work exactly the same as your as you might be familiar with except a little bit different we will implement the ability to use placeholders in those PDFs so you could actually build PDFs or use existing PDFs and um, not just drag over signature boxes but drag over uh, placeholder boxes so that you can say uh, insert that all the information dynamically uh, from something like an invoice in the same way that our contract templates work now uh, they're HTML based and you can dynamically merge data into those contract templates to generate a contract on the fly that you know is mistake proof essentially and what, what we want to avoid is that little dance where you open up the contract from the previous client and then you scan through it and try to find all the places that need to be changed and you're really nervous that you missed one and it's going to be so unprofessional no 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 that's that's not going to happen what you'll what you'll do in the future um, and, and it's possible now even with our HTML contract templates is generate that contract with the data from the client and it's automatically replaced you won't you don't make mistakes it's done in a millisecond and it's off and ready for signature that same functionality will be available for uh, existing PDF contracts and and even things like tax forms etc w9s all right let me make sure, uh, Marius, I'm going to come back. I'm just make sure I have everything. Oh, Juan has, uh, okay. Let's see. Juan says, it's a good workaround. What about using custom field to introduce the expiration date? That's what I thought about first, Juan. I was trying to think about how to use a custom field to trigger. There's one other possibility, Juan, but I really think it's probably not what you what you want. But let's, I will, let's take a look real quick. You could, I don't think it's the right thing, Juan. It's, it's, we have a scheduled functionality of project profile so that you could take a project profile and trigger it on uh, every, say, 12 months or every six months. Or one of the options is that you can trigger it based on the value of a, custom field in the in the way that you suggest and this has a lot of use cases but uh, like here custom field so you could say this could be your expiration date or say 20 days before your expiration date somehow you set it so instead you could use the trigger action widget to um, set a date but see, I think this is where we're going to have problems, Juan, because we don't have the ability to, like, what you need is the is a, is a calculated custom field, right? You need today plus 12 months because there's no way the automation is going to know when things happen, uh, how to set the date. Um, in this case, there are certain ways that this would be useful. Uh, for example... Uh, if you were trying to generate a project on a specific day that's, say, one month before tax day, and you want to generate the project for a whole host of clients or you want, or, or a whole circle. So say every year you want to generate a project on April or uh, March 15th, okay? Let's say March 15th, every year I want to generate a project that 
fits this description, you know, tax returns, pre tax prep, prepare tax taxes for all these people uh, on this date. And then only once a year, you'd have to come in here and change this date and it would be generated automatically. So there are some use cases here and, and there's some refinements we could make here as well um, using calculations and things like that. We've had a couple of requests for that. So there's, there's things we're thinking about here that would increase the power of this even and allow more uh, things like every year on this date, which would only include month and day. Uh, also some uh, custom field um, calculations like today plus 12 months set the, this uh, date, right? That would be in your case. And then the project will get generated and that project would serve as the um, indicator that you need to uh, refresh that, that, that policy. So maybe. All right, let's go back. Okay, Mario says, uh, what workaround will you suggest to tell 2,000 clients that tax season is now open? and to create a folder for the circle of clients and allocate a folder and sign a new contract for tax season with a file request. Um, good one, Marius. Yeah. So let's see, create a new folder for this. Tell 2000 clients that tax season is now open. You can do that. I'm going to do this all in one action, Marius. You could do the 2000 clients with it. You could tell them all with a, um, an, a campaign, which is a marketing campaign, which is a one-time send. Or if you wanted to um, trigger it as part of an automation, maybe you could use an autoresponder. That's pretty pretty simple. Create a folder for the circle of clients. That would probably be shared folders. You want one folder for the whole circle. Allocate a folder and sign a new contract for tax season. That would be generate contract and with a file request. Not sure what you mean there, but I mean, I know what file requests are. I'm not sure how that integrates in what you're saying, but let's just look. Uh, Agile all the way. Okay, Hilton. Can you see the client's dashboard? What list of clients? Yes, Hilton, I think you're asking, um, can you see in the client dashboard what circles they're in? Is this what you mean? Or what marketing lists? I think you mean marketing list. That's smart, yeah. That's something we could put on the, on the in, included in circles and we could use uh, included in list. Let me make a note here. I can see where that could be useful for sure. Okay, good, Ron. I'm glad. And yes, Taja, yes. And Mari says, um, folder per client with the same name. So what you could do, I think, Mari, is what we described before. I'm still in that same description is create a folder profile and then apply that to each person in the circle. And that's what uh, is on our list here to find a way to, to execute. Bulk assign folder profile to existing clients, which is what my note says. So we'll figure that one out or we'll make it <laughs> sooner or later or you know, sooner is much better. Yeah, there's certainly a, a, a need for that. I can see that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I hear you, Marius. Uh, 
Make it quick. Yes, sir. I'll try to. I'll try to do better. I'll try. We'll try. But no, I I get it, Marison. We this is if it's a perfect solution and it's one speed bump away. Those are things that we we look for actively to be able to say, oh, you know what? Yeah, we're only one little tick away from making that whole workflow work. Um, so those are things we look for and try to iron out that wrinkle for you as quick as possible. Because if it's for you, it's for a lot of people, that's for sure. Especially if you're if you're an accountant, uh, CPA. We have a, our system is not built exclusively for accountants, bookkeepers, CPAs, but... Uh, we do have a pretty large, and you'll see in in the in the uh, community, you'll see that that's one of the more active groups, uh, the Count CPA. So um, definitely great, Marius. That is super great. Yep, uh, have an accountant locally who is using the system as well, and here's an idea for you guys. And I thought it was kind of funny. Um, so she said, it's great. I love it. The people that are using it love it then, but I have some really old, uh, some old school clients who, who are not that keen on using it. They still want to, you know, take a picture of their statements with their phone and text message them to me and things like that. So I just mentioned to her, I said, well, maybe what you can do is just raise your prices and then tell them that, oh, that's for people who don't use the portal. The prices are but if you use the portal, I can apply a discount to the price, and that will bring it down to you know what you're used to paying. And so she did that, and she said, without exception, every single one of them started using the portal, fit right into her workflows, and she's never been happier. So um, everything is going very smoothly for her now, and those clients who were resistant when a few bucks came into the equation they figured it out really quick. So thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, a little clever. Okay, everyone. Hey, thanks for stopping by. I think we're, we're at the end of time. I think all the questions have been answered. I uh, really appreciate your participation. Thanks for the, the questions and the opportunity to answer. I uh, hope all you guys have a great rest of your day, rest of your week. Thanks a lot. See ya.